0: My name is Owen Walsh, and you're listening to the latest episode of Cabin Fever. Less a podcast than a group therapy session for writers, brewers, and friends from around the world who like to enjoy a beer together, but can't for now. There's a lot going on in the world right now, and under normal circumstances, we'd get together in the pub and thrash out our ideas over a beer or two. But we can't, because most of us now live in countries where it's impossible to go outside, never mind nip around the corner for a drink. We'd love to hear from listeners out there how you're getting on, what you're doing to cope and what you're drinking. So feel free to get in touch on social media. You can find me at Owen Walsh or you can send me an email at owen at beercity.brussels. I'd love to hear from you. And that's it. Enjoy the episode. You're very welcome to the last ever edition of Cabin Fever this evening. Um, I'm delighted to be joined on this very memorable occasion by three very special guests, uh, all of them coming back for a second bite at the cherry. Uh, I'm joined this evening remotely from Brussels by, first off, Melissa Cold, author of The Little Book of Craft Beer and The Beer Kitchen. Hi, Melissa, how are you?
1: Hey, how are you doing?
0: I'm good. By Jeff Allworth, uh, writer at Beervana Blog, and also author of The Beer Bible and Secrets of the Massive Brewers. Hi, Jeff. Hi there. And last but not least, by Matthew Curtis, writer, photographer, and co-founder of Pelical Magazine. Hi, Matt. How are you doing, Owen? I'm doing good. Um, As usual, at the beginning of the show, I'll go around the mics and ask how everybody is doing and what they're drinking. Matt, uh, maybe we got you in last. Uh, We'll let you go first. How are you doing and what are you drinking?
2: Oh, thank you. Um, I am... um a bit better today. I've been going through the uh, cycle of emotions again um, with uh, the the news of everything opening and second waves, um, uh, the uh, the the Black Lives Matter protests, and watching that happen all over the world, and feeling helpless, and then feeling sad, and now feeling very angry, and now trying to temper that into an ability to to do better for people and learn. Um, so doing lots of reading challenging myself to sit with discomfort and, and, uh, speak out, um, not just on, uh, issues of, uh, of race, but on the transphobia and misogyny and all sorts of things we're dealing with. So yeah, it's, you know, it's been quite a roller coaster the last few weeks. Um, but I think, you know, the, as I just said, the thing that's been the biggest thing for me is, is teaching myself to sit with discomfort and, and saying this is, it's, you know, not, Saying I need to be good to myself, I need to care for myself, but realise actually I need to learn how to to get used to this feeling, and then and then use that as an impulse to to uh, to try and be a small part of a, of a bigger change. Um, and I'm drinking a nice beer as well, which helps <laughs> <laughs> to switch. Um, I've just opened a can of Daya, who are a brewery in Cheltenham in the west of England. Italian Pils, so it's their house Pils. Oh. It's their house Pilsner, dry hopped with Strata hops. Uh, it tastes fantastic. It's, I think it's a bit of an homage to Tipo Pils, which is one of my favourite beers of all time. And it, it's, uh, it's a delight. It's got like lots of, um, it's almost got a soapy character to it, but uh, in, a, in a really kind of refreshing floral way. Um, so I'm only one sip in, so I'll dive back in again.
0: Yeah, a Tipo Pills is really one of those beers that just set up a category almost in and of itself, isn't it?
2: Absolutely, it's it's great. Yeah. It's it's um it's a good
3: homage.
0: Good, um, Jeff. We move along to you. How are you doing? And what are you drinking all the way out there in Portland and Oregon?
3: Uh, well, I'll say what I'm drinking since it goes. <laughs> goes nicely with uh, what Matt's drinking. I'm also drinking a Pilsner. We had a Pilsner taste-off here for our podcast, so I got a bunch of spare Pilsners around. Um, And I'm drinking one from Wayfinder, which is a relatively new brewery here in town. Um, And it is one of their Czech pills. And they do decoction and put a lot of hops in there. And it's a really thick, uh, wonderful Pilsner. that It's one of my favorites. So um, I don't usually drink in the midday, but... Um, maybe as we move along to how I'm doing, uh, <laughs> <laughs> midday yeah. we're drinking. Not meaning, we're not meaning to laugh at
0: your misery, Jeff. I, yeah. No,
3: I, no, no, it was it was supposed to be comic. You know, the truth is uh, I'm feeling a little bit better. The The protests uh, for Black Lives Matter have been, uh, you know, intense, but we have seen so many needless killings in the country that have not gone with this kind of response and it feels like for the first time in a long time there may be some hope uh, so i'm actually excited to see people out there and that's given given me a little bit of hope here after all this covid business which just seems interminable and now in the united states we have this weird patchwork response so it's very that's all chaotic and unsettling so um i, yeah. I i'm i'm I mean, and, and i wonder if that doesn't isn't playing a part of these protests, you know, people are feeling like their leaders have let them down and uh, are a little bit more uh, excited about letting them know. So uh, that that feels helpful.
0: Yeah, and I'm really interested to chat to you about what the situation is in Portland in a little bit once we've uh, talked to Melissa, because I know you've been out joining in some of the protests out there. Um, but before we do that, uh, Melissa, maybe you can tell us how you were doing and what you were drinking.
1: Um, I'm very much like everybody else. I'm 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 angry. I'm I'm pissed off. I'm hopeful. Um, I don't know whether whether the whether whether all of those things are just a constant kind of seesaw of emotions. Um, very much like Matt, although I've sort of been trying to do a lot of advocacy over the years. Um, with the landscape moving so quickly, I've very much tried to use. Uh, what reach I've got very much more to amplify as opposed to commentate, um, because it's not my, my personal experience. Um, but also make sure to sometimes use that to also shut down um, any racism or particularly transphobia as well as crossed my timeline, worrying worrying amounts in the last few weeks. Um, so yeah, so just you know usual usual things. Just trying, to, you know, just trying to make sure that the beer industry it continues to be, or beer itself continues to be as egalitarian as possible, or sorts its shit out and gets more egalitarian. Um, and, uh, yeah, just uh, a bit up and down, but just uh, cooked my way out of a bad mood this evening. Um, <laughs> so with my mate uh, Tim Anderson's new book, uh, Vegan Easy, and it mm-hmm. was cracking. Um, as, a, as a very, uh, can't generally... Uh, more towards the carnivorous it was absolutely fantastic so and I'm I'm continuing the virtue by having a, a non-alcoholic beer so I've got the new big drop full um, side DDH IPA um, so I'm doing a bit of work with them so I generally have quite a few of their beers in the house.
0: Well it's very very grown up of you to be drinking non-alcoholic beer. Well, is a oh Tuesday it's not evening. it's not
1: lasting I'm gonna have a different one <laughs> shortly. <laughs> um,
0: before we get into the before we dive into the conversation I might as well say what how I'm doing what I'm drinking uh, first of all I'm drinking get that out of the way quickly uh, buried at sea milk stout from Galway Bay Brewery because I was very I was a very fortunate recipient of a care package from Tom who's the head brewer at Galway Bay and as a side project uh, making spontaneous fermentation beers called Land and Labour he sent mm-hmm. me over some bottles um, which I'm very excited to dive into at a certain point point. Uh, and the milk stout is a little bit of a treat because I've for anyone who's following my Twitter account, I've I've kicked the sugars and the carbs, and I'm suffering extreme withdrawal, so I figured I could get some sweetness from my stout, and it's lovely. Um, how I'm doing, I think, Melissa, you summed it up pretty well, uh, ups and downs. Um, things are almost back to, well, not almost back to normal. They're, they're, they're closer to normal than they have been for a long time here in Brussels. Um, as people will have seen, bars, restaurants reopened uh, last Monday and people have been going to them and I've been going to them and th- that's been that's been encouraging to see and most of the businesses are you know keeping being mindful of uh, all of the restrictions and all of the safety measures most people are drinking outdoors it's been the kind of a weather for it um and then uh, when I'm at home, I'm flitting between trying to explain what racism is and what society is to a six-year-old, while also trying to stop her from beating on her four-year-old sister. Um, <laughs> so, so that's been um, that's been fun. Um, but no, it's been uh, it's 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 been an interesting week. Um, but Jeff, I wanted to read you something that you wrote yesterday, and I'm really interested to get your sense of what's going on. And I think it. Ties into what you said that you're feeling a little bit better today, maybe than you were yesterday. It's from a blog post that you wrote, and I'll I'll share the link in in the show notes. Um, just at in, in the conclusion of the post, which is about the situation in in Portland, as you said, quite patchwork at the moment. And you said um, we're seeing a red blue fracture where cities are still cautious and compliant with masks and distancing, and rural areas are angry and non compliant. We're bumping along toward a future we can't predict in the middle of an angry fight over which road to take i keep waiting for the picture to clear so we at least understand what needs to be done but it just keeps getting muddier and that's where we are today four months into this crisis it seems like a, i mean you paint a pretty a pretty grim picture of, of of the state of affairs up there
3: yeah america is really dysfunctional right now um and it it's you know it's it it starts at the top but it it goes down. So we, uh, in terms of the coronavirus. Speaking of that, um, the you know the, the federal government has completely abandoned the ship, and we have this weird system in the United States where the states have quite a bit of power. So the states are doing different things, um, and within states, you know, mostly the states themselves kind of reflect the fractures we see in the, the country, where you have cities and then rural areas. So it's kind of this repeating fractal of different jurisdictions doing different things and people living in their own Americas, getting their own news, doing their own thing, um, believing that the coronavirus is real uh, or not. And um, it's, it's very weird. So yeah, one, one, one of the things that provoked that blog post was I left Portland for the first time in, in a few months and went to the coast uh, where things were, were kind of open but it was one mm-hmm. of these, it was, a, it was a blue rural state that I, or uh, county that I was in. So they were still practicing social distancing pretty well. And the businesses weren't entirely open uh, and they were having good practices. But I know uh, from reports of other parts of the state that that's not true and reporting we've seen. So it's yeah. interesting. It's just, uh, it's a very weird time. Um, and then on top of that, we have these protests, which yeah. uh, have you know, they're real, I think they are related in a way uh, because of the the lack of leadership and dysfunction um, and just the betrayal by our leaders that we have seen. Uh, so all of that is, is very bewildering. I've, I'm 52 years old and uh, I've been politically active most of that time. And I never seen anything like this people invoke 1968 as the last time Mm. something chaotic in the united states like this happened that was the year i was born so i don't remember it too well
0: (laughs) how was it to join i mean you you took to the streets uh to join in some of the protests in the past couple of weeks
3: yeah that was uh that that's one of the reasons i have hope um it's wonderful to see a mostly young multicultural crowd led by people of color mostly black uh Portlanders, which there are not not a huge number. We have a very white town. Although it's actually, uh, in the years that I've been here, it's gotten uh, way more diverse, which is nice. But it's, it's no London. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> um, it's a pretty white town still. So it's nice to see that we are, uh, to nod uh, in Melissa's direction, um, that white people are signal boosting rather than trying to lead and uh, trying to keep our ears open. And offer our support and be good allies, um, and we're seeing a lot of that, and that's that's very hopeful.
0: That's good. And how is the brewing industry over there? Like, how are the breweries reacting to that?
3: Well, pretty good, I think. Um, the 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 federal government's response uh, early, where they managed to get businesses loans, seems to have worked out quite well. And I haven't. Mm. I, there was we got uh, news of one brewery closure yesterday, but it doesn't seem to be related to. Uh, the COVID crisis, it was a, it, a guy lost his lease. So, um, just that would have happened anyway. So for the most part, um, businesses are hanging on and, uh, it seems like the carnage depend. you know, nobody knows. So it's very difficult to to guess if the, if it lasts, uh, you know, if it continues to, um, if if they continue to have more and more customers over the next few months and it doesn't get worse, I think they'll be fine. Um, And then, if something worse happens, I don't know. You'll have to start this podcast up again, and we'll we'll do it. <laughs> so we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, hopefully not. Um, it's enjoyable as all. This is, but uh, what I was going to ask. I mean, from a personal point of view, it must have been nice to get out of the city for the first time in just for well, more or less three months.
3: Yeah, it definitely was. Although I have to say, we went to a pub, and uh, it was kind of it kind of wigged me out a little bit. Um, yeah. you know that uh, it, it, it's one of those things where you, you have, I've lived for whatever, three months being suspicious of other people and they're, (laughs) you know, vectors for death. And uh, so sitting casually in a pub, uh, people walk in with their masks on and then sit down and I don't know, it was still a little bit weird. Uh, I have to say it was not, um, it did not actually feel normal yet, but it was very nice to have a beer. Uh, And, and I went to a brewery that uh, has been open I don't know, four or five years, and they started out kind of slow, and I was delighted to see that their beer has really picked up. So that's, oh, that's good. that spirit of discovery that we all as <laughs> beer writers love uh, is yeah. part of the fun, and I had a little of that. So,
0: yeah. That's silver lining. I have to say I had a similar experience. I was out in a bar here in the city. I won't say, say where and I won't say who, but I saw a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a while, and they came over and leaned in for a hug. And, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't you know, recoil in, in, in horror in at at their personal contact but it did feel quite strange um uh just very unusual um i think that's going to take a while to how how we how we navigate those sort of new social mores and, and 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 social interactions um but matt you've also been publishing stuff this week um yours in a slightly different bent um your article on the seafood restaurant from um san francisco maybe you can tell us a little bit about that
2: yeah well that it's interesting because um i've wanted to write that story since i went there and i know melissa's it's swan oyster depot in san francisco i know, I know. Melissa's got it, i've got it and... i've got it on
1: my reading list for the weekend i just got, i wasn't in a right place where i wouldn't just go i want to go back
2: <laughs> it, it's incredible it was it fit, like johnny hamilton and i um have made um the decision, you know, sat down and talked about what we want to do with the editorial on Pellicle. And, and we have, the, the thing is, we're, we're so small and we don't have very much money and we've already paid for all these articles for all these hardworking freelancers and we're just not going to push them to one side. So uh, we find that um, when the news cycle becomes more intense, um, our, our hits go down, which is uh, explainable. People want to tune into yeah. stuff that is, is of the moment. Um, And we've definitely looked at um, how how we can uh, do better at at, uh, reaching out to black, Asian and minority ethnic writers um, and and get them involved, get them writing beer stories, because we we um, we Pellicle was featured in a really popular freelancers uh, newsletter uh, because we put a call for pictures out because we we stopped taking pictures and we started taking pictures again and we had over a hundred pictures. It was overwhelming. And, uh, (laughs) um, they were, you know, it was from 98% white people, which is, which is part of the challenges we, we deal with. And, and, and so that's kind of approach that, you you know, made us think we need to be very proactive in this, but at the same time, we also want to be true to the stuff that we, that, that, that we always wanted to publish. Uh, so we published my story, um, on Swan Oyster Depot, which uh, I went to with my dad. Uh, and I've noticed I say depot and not depot because uh, it's not in the UK. Um, and I and I wanted to go there because uh, Anthony Bourdain uh, used to go there on his TV shows like Parts Unknown and uh, just had one of the best sort of restaurant experiences. It's not really a restaurant. It's an 18-seat counter. It's a bar. The family that owns it work behind it. They do most of the prep. Uh, it's cold dishes like seafood cocktail, crab legs, oysters, um um from behind this counter um and just had this wonderful experience and drank anchor steam in in proper san franciscan context uh, it's a beer i used to drink a lot when it first came to the uk because it was exotic and exciting and and then it ceased to be both of those things when it became quite commonplace <laughs> and um but but for me uh it, it, it in that context it was so fresh and tasty it went so well with the food um you know that's that was the sort of uh, beer connection in that piece so it was nice to to finally get that out um and also like reflect on my experiences of visiting San Francisco because I had this very rose-tinted view of the city that was really smashed there's a lot of poverty a lot of disparity um that, that I find isn't doesn't that doesn't get talked about in the uk i had no idea really i had a vague idea from visiting other u.s cities um like portland um like denver um but um uh, yeah that was quite an eye-opener especially to see it opposite places like twitter hq and uber mm. hq um so yeah that that was fun and tomorrow we've got a great piece from a writer called holly stevens uh, about cologne just a nice little uh, s- uh sort of uh to use a, a word Jeff would you use, a nice vignette of this moment, drinking Kolsch in Cologne. Um, and she's Holly Stevens, British writer, but she's based uh, in the US, I think, in, in one of the Carolinas. And uh, she's a fantastic writer. And, and this is a lovely short piece. But um, I think we you'll find us moving into more um, politically and culturally uh, engaged pieces because we'd be doing a disservice to our readers and what's happening if we if we didn't so but we're not yeah. going to just rush stuff out it's all about playing the long game
0: yeah yeah uh, cologne was the last the last time i set foot on foreign soil mm. i snuck into i snuck into gaffel uh, i don't know if i'm pronouncing it correctly uh next to the cathedral for what was originally supposed to be one and it ended up being like five or six um still managed yeah. to catch my train home but uh, it was well worth it I don't. I don't think. I've never heard of one kolsch. Is that a thing? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> they just. I mean, the way the, the way the waiters do it, I don't think that they would let you go with. Yeah. At least you know. Yeah. You know. But uh, Matt, I have to say of that uh, of that uh, San Francisco piece. Um, as long term listeners of this show will know, I abhor seafood, and even, even I thought it was. It seemed like a nice place to go.
2: I will. Uh, I probably
0: I... wouldn't eat. I probably would just eat the bread. Um, but, I, uh, you know, the vibe and everything seemed really interesting.
2: As, as uh, I consider myself one of the biggest fans of this podcast, I've listened to every episode and uh, there's a lot of content I don't agree with. And one of the, the, the seafood uh, um, hatred and the mayonnaise dislike, uh, um, especially when together. I'm a big tuna mayo fan. I want to state that for the record, um, despite the opinions of hosts and, and previous guests of this podcast. <laughs> I love may I just
0: just to be clear, point point of order. Um I love mayonnaise, or at least I have come to love mayonnaise since I moved to this country a decade ago. I was gonna
1: say, wouldn't you get hounded out if you didn't?
0: Yeah, we have I mean we go through like a jar of mayonnaise every two weeks. Um so and I do contribute to some of that. But um talking about food, Melissa, you were saying that, um, you know, you've been trying to cook yourself out a bit of a funk lately. What have you what, what have you been going to to kind of you know
1: yeah, well, I mean, I, again, it's, it's just it's finding different ways to challenge yourself, really, isn't it? And stop stop yourself, um, um, your, your brain seizing up and, and disappearing into a ball on the couch. Um, so, yes, I've been doing uh, quite a lot of fakeaways. Um, that's been quite good fun. Uh, so I've done like tandoori chicken and, and um, uh, I can't eat bell peppers. I like them. They very much do not like me. Um, so okay. I haven't been able to have uh, sweet and sour um, chicken or pork or anything for years. So um, and it's one of my one of my hubby's favourites. So I made uh, sweet and sour pork the other week, which was absolutely brilliant. Really enjoyed it. Um, and also just trying to um, just sort of challenging myself to move away from from quite so much meat. Yes, cliche, cliche, blah blah blah. Um, but it's actually been really interesting. And I very embarrassingly. Um, uh, finally got round to tidying up the absolute avalanche of paperwork that was on my desk, only to discover that I had um, two books sent to me, one of which was, um, I mate Tim Anderson's Vegan Easy. Um, so he's previously um, published a book called Japan Easy. Um, mm. So And um, Tim has been a mate for a very long time. Um, I first met him when he was trying to... He was working for a Danish importer, he's part Danish, from, and he hails from, uh, God, I really hope I get this right, I'm pretty sure it's Wisconsin, um, and um, and his, one of his parents is, is Danish or his grandparents, and he was working for these Danish importers, and they, he was trying to sell me um, Aero beer, if anybody ever actually came across that at some point. They were the only people in the world that I knew at the time that were using walnuts, so, may still be okay. going, I can't find find Um but anyway, these beers were absolutely delicious, but they were about nine million pounds each. Um so unfortunately it was never going he was asking me if he thought it was going to be a goer in the UK and I was like, no, no, it really wasn't. It was I think there was something like three times the amount of American imports at the time. Um so anyway, lovely guy. Then he works at the Euston Tap. Anybody's ever been into London in Euston, I imagine you would probably been into the Euston Tap, a little tiny Specialist Beer Bar right by Euston and then he went on MasterChef and
0: he I'm familiar with his uh, with his work on the BBC's uh, BBC Radio 4's Kitchen Cabinet show, that's where yes. I know know him from
1: Yeah, um, and he's great and he's very very funny, he's very witty and he's extremely immersed in uh, Japanese cuisine and so yeah, so I loved his first book um, and it's quite funny that having known each other for years we also ended up with the same publisher which is really nice um and i just really love his approach to food it's just it's very friendly and open and and there's always a little bit of story and fun about it which i really enjoy and i've always like i've never found a recipe of his that i hate or or even particularly dislike there's some i've been fairly a little bit ambivalent about but most of them uh, get get cooked on a regular basis so this is my first crack at his book this evening and it was absolutely fantastic obviously rather than just doing one dish I had to do five because I'm an idiot um but yeah it kept me it kept me on my toes for a couple of
0: hours I mean I'd love to devote most of this podcast more of this podcast to the Tim Anderson Appreciation Society but I do want to know how you have been doing because um when we had you on the podcast the last time you were not long back from Brazil and we had a, a good chat about your trips out there how have the intervening couple of months been for you
1: in places i think this is apart from when i was writing my first book and um i didn't necessarily have the best support network in the world um, it's the nice way to put it um uh it's the it's the most up and down i can ever remember being really in in my sort of uh, you know, adult life for the value of adult um it, it is. It is incredibly difficult. I mean, this is definitively the longest I've stayed in one place in in one country for twenty years, at least. Um, Travelling's always been a very big part of my life, and yeah. I do. I thrive off of other people. I really do. I am a people person, um, and I. I actually like other people. Um, I'm quite an extrovert, and I enjoy conversations and that ability to vibe off of other people which then sends me down whether it be a rabbit hole for an article or thinking or thought processes about how I approach things or don't approach things or how I should or shouldn't approach things um giving me ideas about whether it's brewing or cooking or reading or culture or just any you know anything outside stimuli is, is something that I rely on quite a lot um I wonder whether that makes me intrinsically quite lazy personally, but um so um so yeah, so that's that's been it has been very hard um fortunately, I have a very single minded husband um who is extremely driven and very very self disciplined, so every so often him being you know the incredibly self disciplined human being that he is just sort of pisses me off and riles my competitive side and I'll either go out on the bike with him and do something like 26 miles or something like that, or I'll make sure that I'm doing yoga or or, or, or whatever it is. Something you know, I'll, I'll I'll every so often I'll I'll have two or three days of feeling sorry for myself and about a couple of three four times maybe, and then I'll get back on it. Um. Yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. Obviously, sometimes on with everybody being bored and not having anything better to do, there's been some unpleasantness on social media and some unnecessary, mm-hmm. um, unnecessary attacks and unnecessary impugning and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's relatively a water off the duck's back. I'm big enough and ugly enough to deal with most of it, but it does get very dull. And it's just, you know... I just I can just do without it, and I I just think it's an unnecessary level of negativity that doesn't miss, that doesn't need to be in the industry. But I've got kind of used to being a lightning rod for it, so. Eh.
0: Yeah, it's uh, well, it's a tough position to be in to have to to, to 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 be to be the font or the to be the outlet for people's frustrations. Um, and as you said, you you tend to get a disproportionate um disproportionate amount of it, um, which yeah, does suck. I presume.
1: Yeah, I mean it does suck. I mean it—it it certainly sucks when you know it comes from a place of inherent misogyny. That—that um, that just sucks because you just think, God, oh, Jesus Christ, I've been working so hard to get to try and educate and push the industry forward, and it, it quite often feels like you know, sort of two steps forward and three steps back.
3: Yeah.
1: Um I was—I actually, my my brain laughed when 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 Jeff said something earlier about sort of you, you weaked out a little bit because there are other people around and. And all that sort of stuff and my brain just went yeah you can tell it's never been a woman who's walked alone home at night by themselves (laughs) (laughs) um yes it's it it is sometimes you just think that there's uh, we're all talking about lived experiences and and i think that there's still a lot of people in the beer industry who need to understand that that lived experience of being constantly talked down to constantly underestimated constantly questioned Constantly argued with, constantly slagged off, um, and worse is very difficult. But then again, the the lovely thing is, is uh, and I certainly count uh, Matt and Jeff in in this. Andy, uh, um, this is uh, the I uh, opposed to 10, 10 years ago, even maybe even really sort of six, seven, eight. I've got allies now. I'm not alone. I'm not the only person who says this isn't acceptable this isn't okay Christ's sake what are you thinking with that pump clip or that beer name or you know it's all hang on a minute sorry but why have you got that brewer here they are constantly harassing people or they're constantly unpleasant or they've very publicly been racist sexist homophobic mm-hmm. um and it, it there is a there is an element of in the same way that with the black lives matter um issue is uh, i've i've that sort of seeking to sit back a little bit and amplify other voices more, has actually really taken a huge amount of pressure off of me. And, and the amount of stuff that that comes my way is either taken the, the like other people help me take the load, or other people just basically say, mm, "No, you're good. We got this." And it's just like, "Cool, guys," because it's got to be yeah. a critical mass of self-regulation. It can't just be constantly one person, just like the teacher from Peanuts.
0: well we've always got we've always got your we've always got your back anyway Um, absolutely yeah Yeah, I
1: completely agree
0: with that I see the time is ticking on and I don't want to keep up uh, keep you guys on the line for too much longer Um, we used to end the show by um, asking guests you know what was the thing that annoyed you what was the thing that encouraged you Matt you were the person who said to me that maybe it was better to end on a positive note rather than a depressing note I think we've had quite some intense conversation this evening so I'm going to take your lead on that And ask you guys if there's been anything, any silver linings or anything um, positive that you've seen in the past couple of weeks that have given you cause for um, encouragement. Jeff, obviously you were talking about, you know, participating in the protests and seeing the people being active. Um, Is there anything else that you've seen that sort of fills your heart with a little bit of encouragement?
3: I mean, yeah, listening to Melissa talk and uh, hearing people, uh, you know, she, she conveyed uh, a sense of struggle there that doesn't sound fun or pleasant, um, but is the good fight. And, uh, it, it, I you know, uh, this time in life seems to be bringing out a bunch of people who are willing to fight the good fight, and that, that fills me with hope. And I do hope they see me as an ally and see other people as an ally. I think uh, we, we're hopefully at a time in, in life where maybe there's more – People pushing for good stuff than bad, and we can have some real change. So that all fills me with hope, and uh, it's emotional and tough right now. But there is a bright spot there in the middle of it. So yeah, all in all, actually, I think maybe I'm more hopeful than not.
2: That's
0: that's positive. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Um, anything in the same vein that has struck you over the past couple of weeks?
2: I think on a larger scale, um, how more uh politically aware and involved people are becoming I think something one of the biggest takeaways um of, from all this is how silence is is compliance and it uh, it lets uh lets people like the people in 10 Downing Street and the people in the White House um get their way uh, which is not good uh, for society as I see it. Um, and, and, and true democracy is about challenge and mounting an effective challenge and seeing more and more people, especially young people. Um, you know, the, the news is, is hyperbolic and it focuses on the destruction and the damage, but there's actually a, a, just a genuine social movement happening, uh, that, you know, it's so it's a, it's, um, a world changing event for the Western world. It's, it, you know, it's, it's at this year will go down in the history box. It's so significant and seeing people becoming more engaged, becoming more vocal, becoming smarter, um, educating themselves. That's amazing. And, and, uh, you know, it's, um, it helps you deal with, uh, the, 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 uh, the scale of it all, uh, you know, cause it's so much to, to take in, uh, uh, and everyone's going through that at the moment. Uh, on a more personal level, um, things are th- this month. I've I've got a regular level of work in terms of commissions. Um, I'm going on my first photo shoot in 14 weeks in London tomorrow. I have to get on public transport for the first time in 14 weeks tomorrow, so I'll be masked and sanitised up. I'm not sure how I feel about that, <laughs> but um, <laughs> the 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 shoot is uh, with Hot Burns and Black, who are friends of mine, and they need some some photos taken. their shop and some products and offered me the work and so that's you know uh, about an hour's journey from north to south london um so that's kind of a a normal thing um you know brewers are ramping up production some that three months ago thought that that might be it they had to stop 95 percent of production who've pivoted from draft sales to to cans and and little five litre mini kegs are now looking at maybe ramping up production because some places are doing takeaway pints. Um, and, and there's this sort of, although it, you know, it's a bit of a shambles, but they're supposed to be opening the pubs next month. Um, whether or not that's a good idea or not, I, I, I'm not sure, but there's a sense of, uh, of, uh, of uh, normality coming. Not that we'll ever go back. I hope we don't go back to the old idea of normal. Um, because we've been through too much change in the last three months to, to, to really let that happen. But, um, that, yeah, on a personal note, there does feel to be just a little more regularity. Um, we're planning to move from London to Manchester, my partner, Diane and I, and that those plans are back in motion. We, we should be there now. The plan was to be there by June, which is now, but September is the new plan. So we're about to start house hunting and, uh, and then move our lives uh, a couple hundred miles up the, up the road. Um, so yeah, there's that. So uh, stuff to look forward to. And, uh, and then hopefully, you know, something I really, the, the thing for me is I really want to see my folks. That's the thing I'm missing. Yeah. My mum doesn't live that far away. She lives in Lincoln, about 200 miles North. Um, and my dad lives out in Colorado. Um, so before any any businesses or anything open like that might the, the thing i want most is to to go and see them uh see them both so uh that's that's something i uh i uh look forward to hopefully in the next few months
0: great and hopefully you know it won't be too much longer before you can do that um mm-hmm. melissa i'll give you the last word of the last episode um <laughs> Well, I'll obviously take the last word because it's my yeah, podcast. But you can you can do the you can do the penultimate word. Um, well, the what funny, about you? The
1: funny thing was, so I was supposed to be seeing um, Matt's dad this month. Um, I was supposed to be in Denver. Um, and We were going to go and see Frank up in Fort Collins. But anyway, um, on a mic, on a sort of because um, I think everybody's very eloquently covered the the element of world events. On a micro level, I really hope, um, and I do have hope that the supporting of local businesses is going to be something that is going to stick and I think that that will be incredible for a lot of small breweries um I think the way that a lot of them have pivoted and changed change their business model has been really really good um and people have been very keen to support that and because they've seen that support they've been brave enough to take the big steps so that's been fantastic um I think there's a, a on a slightly larger scale, I think that there's an element of mobilisation in the UK beer industry in terms of zebra and camera and that with, with younger, more progressive, more forward-thinking leadership at the top of them, which is really pleasing me and they are talking and it's not just behind closed doors and it's not an old boys club anymore so much and that really is very much a, a, a source of, of, of great hope for me. Um, and, yeah, I just, I, I just think that the, the, the way that people are reaching out to each other as well and, and much more honesty uh, and much, much more honest conversations about mental health happening because a lot of people just literally had to throughout all of this and then found out that people aren't, aren't there out to judge them. They're actually just going to turn around and say, like, you know, we have this evening. It's like, yeah, this shit's been scary we've all had really bad times, we've always had dark moments, we've all had just really incredibly tough times, and it's okay if you want to talk about it, and I think that that's that, I really hope to goodness that that helps, because we've still got, you know, the number one killer of men under 40 in the UK is suicide, if if, if men can keep, keep on talking over a beer, and if it can be more welcomed, and let them, they now know that that's a better thing, then that
0: would be a really positive thing to come out of this. Yeah, it would. And, uh, hopefully long may those conversations continue. Um, yeah, for me, uh, I, I didn't want to end on a corny note, but I will. Um, I've been, <laughs> this is, this has been great. Um, this has been, you know, this podcast, uh, Matt knows cause he's put the podcast together and Jeff, you have your podcast as well um you know these things are always a greater undertaking than you imagine um i didn't actually think that i'd be doing it for three months when i first tweeted this out the idea out um you know it's just sort of a throwaway thing and then you know all of a sudden society turned upside down i was like oh well, maybe not such a bad idea to sit around the mic and talk with some friends um so it's been usually enjoyable to talk to all of you guys i can't I give three better guests to wrap up um the show the series the concept of, of cabin fever than the ones i've been speaking to tonight it's been hugely enjoyable i mean i know we're going to have these conversations in person at some point in the future um hopefully. Hopefully. and i look f- hopefully well no not hopefully <laughs> definitely i'm absolutely i mean i'm absolutely as soon as they like reopen eurostar and it's safe to travel and there's a vaccine and everybody wears their masks and everybody's sanitized you're all welcome to come and take a visit across the channel jeff your trip is a little bit further obviously um But, you know, I'm sure we'll meet again in the future. Um, But that's it. I mean, I always intended this podcast to be a short run thing. I always find that it's best if something has a defined lifespan um, uh, and uh, cabin fever is reaching the end of that lifespan, largely because I was sitting doing the podcast last Monday um, and I was thinking Monday is the first day of lockdown rollback. But I'm sitting here in the sweltering heat of my upstairs uh, bedroom uh drinking a beer looking at uh, squiggly lines on a computer which was you know the conversation we had was fun it was it was great but i was like yeah i think this is this is time to wrap it up there are other things that i just need to start giving attention to myself the family you know getting back out into the world meeting friends and
1: absolutely know
0: the
3: rest um
1: absolutely. well thank you very much for doing this it's been a pleasure to be on both times
3: well yeah you're more than welcome. I've really enjoyed it. it it's been uh, lovely to hear uh, all the people and what they've been going through. Uh, I, I don't actually listen to a ton of podcasts, but I really enjoyed this one. So it was a, a delight to be on the last one.
2: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Owen. It's it's uh, I've enjoyed all the episodes and uh, it's it's very poignant to be on the last one. Although I hope it's, uh, you know, you always say the last one, but, uh, you know, you've probably got your subscription to a podcast service now and the mics are there. So there's always the temptation to, <laughs> to record something and fling it into the ether. Well, so
0: it's the end of Cabin Fever, but uh, I have all of this equipment because I was actually in the process of launching another podcast, which didn't happen in the spring um, uh, for reasons of, for reasons which will become obvious when I uh, when I launch it in the next couple of weeks. Um it was yeah i know i know look at that man of mystery but no it's been um yeah it has been wonderful it's been really enjoyable um it's it's been it's my sort of umbilical cord to the rest of the world as well so it's been uh, fantastic to talk to you guys tonight to all of my guests over the past three months 20 episodes particular shout out to lily Waite who came up with the name for the podcast Uh, cabin (laughs) fever uh, which I thought was quite opposite at the time and I think is even more so at this point so thanks for that Lily Um, to all the listeners thank you for listening thanks for all the emails and and, uh, DMs that I've gotten saying that you've been enjoying it Uh, sorry that I couldn't get everybody who wanted to be on the show on the show Um, I'm glad we got through the final episode without any technical glitches I hope fingers crossed once I hit two you you never know what happens but um, for me in Brussels for now um, it's goodbye Uh, thank you Melissa Jeff and Matt, for coming on the show.
3: thank Thank you. Thank you. And cheers.
0: And cheers. Exactly.